I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. Steve Taylor of the Rio Grande Guardian attended a live press conference on June 10th conducted by Cameron County Judge Eddie Trevino. These are some highlights. Cameron County Judge Trevino addressed the steep increase in COVID-19 cases. Good morning to everybody. Thank you for joining us. Uh, wanted to give you an update from Cameron County with regards to COVID-19 and other uh, related uh, developments and uh, items that we felt were press related that we needed to get out. Last time we had a press conference was three weeks ago. Uh, at that point, we had uh, 649 positive cases of COVID-19 and we had uh, 30 fatalities. As of this morning, uh, we have tested 15,320 people in Cameron County. We're up to 951 positive COVID-19 cases. 1,888 negatives. Thank you. We have 658 people who have cleared to recover. So I want to make sure, because a lot of people seem to think that uh, we only mention the positive cases, we have 658 individuals who have cleared and have recovered from the positive COVID-19 finding. Unfortunately, uh, sad, I'm sad to report that we have reached a total of 40 deaths in Cameron County. We continue to have 671 persons under monitoring and self-quarantine, 257 completed, and 414 continued ongoing uh, monitoring. As of the state of Texas, we have 77,253 cases with 1,853 deaths. Nationally, we have passed the 2 million mark. We're at 2 million 40, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yes, nationally, 2 million 46,075 cases and 114,167 deaths in the United States. So last night we reported that we reached 951 cases. Oh, by the way, I have Dr. James Castillo, our health uh, director, with us here for Cameron County, which leaves us 49 cases short of 1,000. Now, when all this started and the, and the concern was that we were multiplying at a very uh, high rate, we thought we would reach 1,000 much sooner. Thankfully, we did not do that, but reaching 1,000 at this point is still very concerning to us, and we'll go over those numbers in a bit. The graph that you can see shows an outline of some of this data, specifically this number of cases that we've seen in the last three weeks since our last press conference. Some of the takeaway, uh, let's talk about the fact that we are now at a steady pace in terms of case numbers. We had been in the low teens uh, at that point before the major opening of the state uh, with 20 cases being the highest number the, on the 27th of May. That first week of the reopening, or second week, I'm sorry, week and a half was Memorial Day weekend. The second week right afterwards remained with the same number of cases in the low teens, but we started to show an increase in cases by the time we were closing in on that second week uh, period, which was June the 3rd. The third week, which is the week we are currently in, we are now seeing a dramatic increase in our caseload, with cases doubling from the week prior. Last night's number showed an increase in cases to 32, 32 positives. Three weeks ago, three weeks ago, we were at 15 cases. 
The significance of this information is to show the impact from the movement of individuals and their interaction with others attributing to an increase of COVID-19. We understood and, and, and do not disagree with the fact that the economy needed to begin to reopen in order to put people back to work, allow them to earn a living, and to deal with the related stress of being quarantined uh, or sheltering in place for an extended period of time. I want to thank everybody for complying and following the guidelines of sheltering in place, staying at home as much as absolutely necessary. If you did leave, wearing a mask, and obviously practicing social distancing. These continue to be the only tools in our toolbox that we can utilize in order to save lives. No vaccine can be created and no medical treatment. They are looking at different uh, uh, treatments, different uh, medicinal uh, therapies that are being utilized and, and researched. But as of we speak right now, there is nothing definite. Now, as the state began to open up, uh, and we see when we saw movement, that was a concern. I kept reiterating the fact that even though it was no longer mandatory to wear a mask or a facial covering, we were requesting and recommending that everybody please do that. Some people have continued to do that, and I thank you. Uh, those that are not following, we reiterate, and I'll let Dr. Castillo talk about it. You are putting yourself, your family, and others at risk. The timeline that we're talking about, the result of the three-day weekend, uh, was May the 23rd through the 25th, which was Memorial Day. Generally, people are reporting onset of symptoms three to seven days after being exposed to a case, which would have been the May 26th to the 30th. This is when people began experiencing onset of symptoms. May 31st on, people began seeking medical care and testing, and on June the 2nd, our lab report started being received and submitted to our public health department. I have Dr. James Castillo, our health director, with us here for Cameron County. So uh, we've definitely noticed an uh, increase in the number of family clusters, uh, up to doubled up to 19. So this is what's happening is people are acquiring it in the community and then bringing it home and infecting the family. Uh, that's that's definitely increased, and we've seen a, a, a steady rise. Uh, since people have been out of the homes and having more activity. Um, this just really emphasizes again that while things are open, we, we all need to do better. Uh, I think all of us need to do better in terms of uh, staying at physical distance. Uh, masks are a good tool to use, especially when you cannot physically distance. Uh, and definitely avoiding large, crowded indoor spaces uh, where physical distancing is not possible. Um, it, some other uh, message I'd like to get out there is um, right now, uh, our hospitals, uh, uh, the number of hospitalizations across Texas is increasing. Uh, we're probably going to exceed the peak of hospitalizations that we saw in April, and, and that trend is going up. Uh, both in the valley, uh, the lower Rio Grande Valley, there's about 60 uh, confirmed COVID hospitalizations. Uh, so we're probably going to reach a record number of hospitalizations. Our hospitals are more prepared than they were at the beginning of this, uh, but still, the, there's the uh, concern about the hospitals uh, continuing to see more and more cases. So for, for people who think that the economy is open and this is past, that's not true. 
this is still definitely transmitting in our community, uh, and, and we still need to do uh, what we can to try to minimize the risk of transmission. And the risk is only going to go up every week. As you see by that graph, uh, the risk was, was there in Memorial Day when we opened, uh, and now that there's more infections out there, the risk is going up every week. So we have to uh, take that into consideration and do the best we can, each of us, in, in changing our, our behaviors. Uh, the other thing is we, there's no proven treatment for this. There's some research treatments. And one of those research treatments that I wanted to talk about is uh, you can see the number of recovered cases. Right now in Cameron County, we have 650 people who we said have recovered. Uh, there's an experimental treatment where people who have recovered can donate their blood plasma, which contains the antibodies that fight this virus. They can donate those so that we can give it to patients who are very sick in the hospital as part of a research protocol. Uh, currently, we're working with uh, DHR Health Institute for Research and Development in coordinating the plasma donation and administration as part of a research protocol. Uh, that's occurring through all the hospitals in the entire Rear Grande Valley and uh, Hidalgo and Cameron County. Uh, I would really like to ask for people who have been in Cameron County who have recovered uh, and are able to donate plasma to either contact the Cameron County Health Department and we can give them more information uh, and they have our contact information or uh, if you've recovered and would like to know more about this, you can contact the, the DHR Health Institute uh, for Research and Development at 956-215-3166 uh, for more information about how you can help people. This might be a life-saving intervention. And now that we're seeing more and more people end up in the hospital with this, there's, there's gonna be a greater need for this potentially life-saving treatment. So I really like for people to know about this and know about that opportunity that since you recovered, you might be able to help save lives. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Castillo. That's a new one. Uh, we've seen it elsewhere, uh, but now the Valley needs to do its part. So all of you, uh, and we obviously have over 600 individuals who have had the uh, illness here in Cameron County, Please uh, do your part by donating the plasma in order to save other lives. Dr. Castillo alluded to the fact that we now have seen an increase in the number of community cases. These are individuals which we cannot tie to another contact with tested positive for COVID-19, and we've been unable to determine the source of exposure. So without knowing how an individual became exposed uh, to the virus, it becomes harder to contain it, thereby increasing the risk to others. Again, we need to continue to reiterate that people need to take precautions when they are around others. While I still encourage people to do everything they can to avoid being out of the community, it's critical that people understand the importance of wearing masks, physical distancing, and hand washing when around others. This cannot be stressed enough. Sadly, I need to add and report that we have reached our 40th death related to COVID-19 in Cameron County. This number includes 28 in the nursing homes and 12 within the community. On behalf of the Cameron County Commissioner's Court and myself, I want to extend my most sincere condolences to the families and friends who have lost a loved one to COVID-19. Our thoughts and prayers continue to be with each and every one of them. As 
far as the nursing home, I, let me give you an update with regards to that situation. Currently, Cameron County cases arising from the Miranda home, uh, nursing home in Harlingen include 34 employees and 61 residents who have tested positive and 11 who have passed away. The Windsor Atrium has 39 employees, 61 residents who have tested positive. They have had 16 individuals uh, linked to Windsor who have passed away. Spanish Meadows and Brownsville has had 11 residents and 6 employees who have tested positive, including one who has passed away. In the last few weeks, the numbers for the nursing homes have remained steady, and at this point, it appears that the situation at each of the facilities is improving. Those numbers three weeks ago at Miranda uh, basically remained the same, 32 employees, 61 residents. Today, there are 34 employees and 61 residents. We had 10 pass away as of three weeks ago, and we're up to 11. Windsor Atrium was at 38 and 60 three weeks ago, including 16 who passed. Since then, we've had an increase of one employee and one resident. Uh, and, uh, and they've not had any reported deaths in the last three weeks. Spanish Meadows currently has six employees and 11 residents who have tested positive, including one who passed away. Three weeks ago, there were four and 10 who had tested positive, including one who had passed away. Uh, it's obviously too soon to say, to say uh, definitively that, they're in, that the nursing homes are in the clear. But uh, I want to thank them and commend the nursing home facilities for doing everything they possibly could to take care of their residents and their employers. I ask that you continue to keep them in your prayers. I also ask that everyone understand the impact of COVID-19 is, is having on our most vulnerable population, our elderly, and those that are immune uh, compromised, that have underlying medical conditions that make them more susceptible to the seriousness of this illness. While these individuals may be in a nursing home facility, one of the messages to be taken from this is that if we do not follow preventative guidelines, we will all run the risk of potentially exposing a loved one who falls into this category. Whether it be our parents, our grandparents, aunts and uncles, friends or siblings, I ask that you take all precautions when you're around them by wearing a mask, keeping a safe distance of six feet between them, washing your hands, disinfecting and sanitizing the surfaces that you touch. It's very difficult having been uh, sheltering in place and having been away from loved ones, especially parents or grandparents. We want to see them. Uh, seeing them is okay. Uh, making contact with them only puts them in danger. We need them, uh, the elderly, to please stay home as much as possible. These clusters continue to stay, uh, continue to be our focus, obviously, the nursing home cases. Uh, the, the, the three nursing homes make up a total of 216 of our cases. Uh, the second cluster is the individual with immediate family contact. This is now makes up uh, 332 of our cases. The nursing home is down 23%. The family contact is up to 35% of our caseload. The remaining cases involve 30 clusters involving individuals who are not immediate family. That's 13%. And then 29%, which is a rising number, include 276 individual or isolated cases. With regards to municipalities, Brownsville is at 463 cases reported, 309 have recovered. Arlington is at 301 reported, with 213 recovered. Lafayette is at 14 with 12 recovered. Laguna Beach is at 1. Los Fresnos is at 48 with 33 recovered. Los Indios is at two with one recovered. Olmito is at two and two. Palm Valley is at one and one. Port Isabel seven reported and two recovered. Rancho Viejo five and five. 
Riola 21 and 15 recovered. San Benito 72 reported, 55 recovered. Santa Rosa 14 reported and 10 recovered, giving us our totals of 951 positive with 658 recovered. You were listening to highlights from a live press conference conducted by Cameron County Judge Eddie Trevino on June 10th. The press conference also included a question and answer session. Reporter Steve Clark of the Brownsville Herald began with a question to Cameron County Health Director Dr. James Castillo. Dr. Castillo, could you clarify of the capacity that uh, the county's hospitals have for Expressed any um, 
willingness to slow things down as far as reopening go if things get to be uh, pretty bad? I mean, Texas is hitting records right now as far as new cases and hospitalizations. It sounds like Cameron County is sort of uh, following with that same trend line. I, I have not heard anything that would indicate that there will be a slowing down. Uh, I would hope that if they don't want to slow that down, then help us by advocating and promoting these few tools that we have in our toolbox. If people do that, uh, I'm not saying we're going to slow it, but we've already seen the evidence. When people stop being around each other, we slow the curve and, and we save a lot of lives. Uh, CDC has said millions of lives. So, so if it works, you know, knowing what we know, we're not saying shut everything down, but let's just practice these good habits and we'll be able to protect ourselves at the same time reopening the economy. Um, I don't think it has to be an either or, and it certainly shouldn't be a political issue, you know, to wear a mask or, or to keep your distance from, from, from other people. It, it, it's just the right thing to do. In regards to the border, um, can you talk a little bit about the decision or the consideration of opening it up as cases here in the Valley are rising? U.S. citizens have been going across, they've been crossing into Mexico. So they've been allowed, they've been going over there, doctor, whatever it is that they, 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 they want, many of them work over there, right? And they've been coming back. Okay. Uh, Mexico uh, is probably behind us as far as the testing goes, no doubt about it. But we, you know, we're seeing what happens if people get close to each other without utilizing the, the safeguards that we have, social distancing and, and facial coverings. Um, if the rest of the state and the rest of the country is reopening, why should the border be, be singled out for that reason? In other words, we live by the people who, who live on and work on both sides of the border. So, uh, you know, they're not going to, they're going to continue to extend these restrictions. It's obviously having a huge impact on our bridge revenue, and that's fine. But if they're not going to allow us, they're not going to give us the funds that we need in order to shore up our, our budget shortfalls, our revenue shortfalls, and then also impact all the small businesses that are on the border here in the valley and all the way to El Paso that are being impacted by these bridge restrictions, by the cross the crossing restrictions. That ought to be some consideration for them, and um, perhaps uh, this extension is, is, is politically motivated, immigration related. I hope not, uh, but it, it, it just you know if we're opening up, why why don't we open up and put those restrictions? You're going to come over, wear your mask, and practice social distancing. So, a lot of the mom and pop businesses here in the valley are desperate. And the possibility of it opening up, um, is there a concern that there's going to be riots here that you decide to open up? Well, we're already, we're already rising. That's my point. The, the governor made a decision to open up the economy in the manner that he decided to do. No problem. Fine. We'll follow that. What, I, what we're trying to say here on the borders, why are we being singled out and not being allowed to also reopen? You know, uh, the businesses on the border are reliant on Mexican trade then they ought to be allowed to, to, to utilize that. Don't want to put anybody more at risk, you know, uh, but we're seeing the numbers steadily increase. Uh, so, so in other words, if this is, this is a new norm, having 
positive cases on a daily basis by having people not practice those these, these, these requirements or these recommendations that we've made. Um, does, it just doesn't make sense that the rest of the country gets to reopen, but not the border. Hi, Steve. Hi, Judge. Uh, my question is on the same lines. You said how, how much concern you have for this spike, this increase in cases, community transmitted cases, and yet at the same time you're saying it let, let these restrictions on the Mexican visa holders lapse. That seems. What do you say to the argument? That's contradictory. Well, it, the thing is, if, if the governor's opening up the state economy to everybody, why should those of us on the border be left out? I understand that it, it's, it's a little bit uh, of, a, of a dichotomy, of a potential conflict, but, but it makes little sense that if the rest of the state gets to open up, why don't we get to open up? I'm making, I'm making the point. The U.S. citizens have been able to cross into, into Mexico and do whatever they need to do, buy, uh, visit, work, whatever the case might be, and they come back. Uh, are they bringing it over? I don't know. You know, uh, most of the cases that we've got have not had those situations. If we allow people coming over from Mexico, is it possible that they'll have it? Yes, it's possible. But we've already seen the spike in cases. I mean, that's why I'm asking, is this going to be the new normal? In other, in other words, is this the price of doing business? Opening up our economy, we're going to have to accept the fact that there are going to be positive cases. I would recommend and ask everybody to follow those, those recommendations and guidelines that we established day one. You know, social distancing, stay at home as much as possible, avoid crowds, and wear a mask. If we do that, I don't think we're not going to do away with the cases, but I think we'll continue to see a, a, a leveling off, if you will. When you see the video of individuals at the restaurants or nightclubs on top of each other, I think we're seeing the results of that. When people get together with family, they let their guard down, they hug, they shake hands, they, they share food, they, they, you know, they greet each other. It's a normal thing that, that we're used to, but if we don't do that, then this disease does not spread in a manner that it, that, it, that it shows that it can. Every day we're learning more and more and more about it, but as Dr. Castillo mentioned, as I mentioned, there's no vaccine, there's no medical treatment, there's no saving cure right now. We hope that there's gonna be those, those uh, options to us soon, sooner rather than later, but all we have right now are these simple tools that did help us avoid a worst case scenario, not just here locally, but throughout the country. And uh, the economy was a, it was a victim uh, of the shutdown, of, of, of the shelter in place. So, so we're reopening the rest of the state. Well, I, I think it's only fair that the border community be allowed to reopen also. And are you hearing from the business owners? Do, you, do they call you? Are you attracted? What are you hearing from those businesses that rely on that? Why, that why do you think I sent those letters? Uh, they're asking, it's, it's not fair that the rest of the state gets to open up and we don't. Or our business is not relying only on people that live on this side of the border. So um, it's a catch-22, but if we're going to open up, well, then everybody ought to have that opportunity. And, and if, they're, if they want to continue to impact the, the border economies, then maybe the governor can reconsider his allocation of funding, especially for border communities. We don't have money to give to our local businesses, whether in the form of grants or loans or whatever. We don't have that here in Cameron County. 
Hidalgo got over 160 million, 170 million. We're nowhere near that, and yet we're only a difference. Where you know, uh, if we had had another 50, 60 thousand people that the census said we, we have, which I know we live here, then we would have got you know 170 176 dollars per person as opposed to 55, which we've not gotten 55. We would have got about 11 dollars. That's all we received. Um, you know, it's just I think it's just about fairness, uh, and 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 if. The new way of the world is going to be that you and I see each other on the street. We're going to have our mask on. Okay. But if, but if that allows us to go have a meal or go to the store and, and buy goods or buy services, uh, that should be, uh, it should be fair everywhere in the state and everywhere in the country. And you said that so you are hearing now that potentially that restriction could be extended in another month or even longer. Can you share with us who's telling you that? Uh, well, just different contexts that we have. Obviously, we have uh, different uh, contexts, both at the state and federal level. Uh, I hope that that information is wrong. I'd like for them to at least take a look at the correspondence that we've sent them uh, for some consideration before the 22nd, um, before they make a decision. You know, we thought that, that maybe if the governor was reopening the state, that they would not extend it last month. Uh, that wasn't the case. So. We'll see what happens, but uh, if, it, if it does get to, it continues to be extended, it's going to continue to have a severe disastrous impact on our border economy. You've been listening to a podcast of highlights from a press conference conducted by Cameron County Judge Eddie Trevino on June 10th addressing COVID-19 concerns. Stay informed about COVID-19 updates with the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. I'm Mario Munoz reporting.